I recently quit my job and took on a new venture in life. I recently quit my job and took on a new venture in life. Welcome to Music from People I Know, where I catch up with friends, past and present, and talk about our music, inspiration, and passions. With a 15-year professional career in the music industry, I have met a lot of cool and interesting people. I'm here to share our stories. All right, everybody, welcome to, blo- to Music from People I Know. Today, my guest is Brock McLeod. He and I, we jammed together for a little while back a year ago, two years ago. We played a few shows together and started to do an album. And, you know, the process of making an album is never very uh, easy. And uh, so we're still in the air about that. Um, but, yeah, we're here to have a, a great day on, on the uh, mic with you guys. Feel free to give us a call. The number for the show is 818-532-9798. All right. So uh, we're going to start off with this segment. Passion. (laughs) (laughs) You like that, huh? So, so, I like that. That's, that's all right. So as the segment is called uh, The Passion, um, what, what is The Passion? Like, wh- where does it come from? What, what do you think about when you're writing a song? Where do you go? Do you have to go to a specific place? I don't know. It's, it's different every time. Sometimes, you know, songs come to you out of nowhere, and they're perfect, and... You're just riding down the road and all of a sudden it all falls into place and it's beautiful and you go home and write it out, play it, and it's just fine. Sometimes you uh, beat your head over it for two or three weeks, months, maybe even years, and it never comes together. And uh, it's, I guess the passion is not giving up <laughs> right? in the quest to make good music. <laughs> so so do you find that it's like a uh, a battleground out there trying to write so. this music? I think so. It, it, it kind of is because you can get defeated. And uh, one or two good songs, you know, they'll they'll pick you right back up and, and get you fighting again. It's funny how it works, you know. It, it, it's the same with life, but music music transpires and it'll uh, it'll pick you up or it'll bring you down. It's, uh, it's all in what you make of it. So, like, um, when you're when you're sitting there, I know one of the songs you wrote uh, that we'll be playing here shortly is uh, "I Am," um, and the background on that song is kind of cool. I like the idea of how you came up with the uh, with the song on that. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be? I could, but then I'd probably have to kill you. So, well, that doesn't sound very pleasant. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so that song, that's one of those that you know it. It did kind of just flow and roll right out, and it didn't take that long. I think I actually wrote the song in about a day. I was down in Florida. Um, I was hanging out with some shamans, and we did a did an ascension ceremony, and kind of came to me during that. And the the song just kind of built itself. It was it was really really it really felt like a song that you had heard before, and so it was easy to put together. It felt comfortable right from you know the first note and uh some songs aren't that easy and i feel like maybe when when they're supposed to be they just kind of come out that easy and if it takes too much work maybe you should just try something else i don't know that's my perspective yeah you know that that kind of makes sense yeah. i i like the idea that you you were uh you were spiritually awakened at that moment and it kind of it comes out in like the way that the song comes together i think um so so when you were writing it were you thinking of adding all this stuff and did you have like a grand orchestration was there is there like some sort of madness going on up in the cranium that we don't know well yeah every song i ever write it's funny because i'm not a very great musician i can you know i can barely sing so i'm just trying to suck out here trying not to suck forgive me <laughs> uh, 
And when you're uh, when you're trying to put these things together, I always hear a full band, like a full orchestra. You know, I hear everything. I hear the drums. I hear the bass. I hear the lead guitar. I hear backup singers. I hear instruments that haven't even been invented yet. <laughs> and, and it sounds great in my mind. And then I try to play it, and I can just barely get it across on the guitar. And I hear what could be there. It's just it's so hard to to actually put all that together and and make it a realization. And so when you actually do get together in a studio and you start adding this and that, and you do add some bass and some lead guitar and some horns and some drums, and it starts you know actually building and becoming real music it's really cool to hear that because i've heard it you know since day one when i first put the stuff together that's when i hear it i hear you know i i see myself on stage in front of you know a ton of people already even though it might not ever happen that's the way i see the music so so you have a pre-figured out idea of what you're going for most times yeah most of the times when I write a song, it's you know it's it has a certain spot and it fits here or there. Uh, maybe not within you know genres on radio stations or you know your general genres that are out there now, especially nowadays with all the the fly by night, five minutes of fame. It's not even fifteen minutes anymore. It's five minutes, and if you don't get their attention in thirty seconds, that's a wrap. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough and each one's different. Each song's different. Each song goes into a different direction. I mean, I have songs that are country. I have songs that are reggae. I have songs that are, you know, deeper, you know, rockier type stuff. I've, it just kind of goes all over the place. And that's why it's kind of hard for me to pick a genre or pick, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole myself as any kind of artist because you never know what I might play. Yeah, you might want to just do something, catch me play some Michael Jackson, right? And, uh, yeah, I play Billie Jean all the time. I love Billie Jean. One of my favorite songs. I actually <laughs> think that that's the best song ever written, period. So. Yeah. <laughs> period of all songs. Yeah, of all 100 million songs <laughs> and most of that being a Beatles catalog or Beethoven, uh, I think Michael Jackson won. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was uh, cruising around the other night on the internet looking at things and came across some old Traveling Wilbury stuff. And I don't know if you remember those guys, but it was it was a super group made out of super group dudes. Uh, the Traveling Wilburys was George Harrison from the Beatles, yep. Bob Dylan, yep. Tom Petty, that's right, and Roy Orbison. Bing, get this man a prize. And they were all super awesome, and they came together to make that band, and that, the band did okay. I mean, it wasn't like... Here, here's the sample we were looking for. <laughs> we need to get this guy a prize. <laughs> but, you know, it's just... Even when those guys got together and did their thing, they were just having fun, but they came up with almost a whole new genre of music, bringing all of theirs together. It was It was a really cool thing. I was checking some of that out the other night, remembering the old cats. So, so when you're when you're listening to these guys, are you envisioning what they were envisioning, or are you listening to what your take is? Like, because I find it's very subjective. I grew up listening to it because I grew up in the South. So you're know, talking, you know, traveling wheelberries, Georgia satellites, right? Clear Clearwater, you know. Uh, that good old southern rock and roll, man. They're good. All the all the good grimy, you know, grungy. Some ZZ Top um, up in there. Yeah, that was a little more over towards Texas. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that was a little bit different, but yeah, we I grew up on all that stuff. So for me, it's kind of the soundtrack of my childhood. You know, I, that that was the music that was playing for my childhood. It was coming out of vehicles. It was coming out of systems. It was in the bars. People were playing it. You know, so. I don't know, it just, it feels very comfortable to me, um, just because I grew up with that old stuff, and now that I'm I'm playing around, doing live music and stuff, and I'm learning that people really, really do like that stuff, and the more I pull it out, the more response I get. Right, yeah, I, 
I went. Oh yeah, I like that song. I forgot all about that. I went up to a gig up in Meeker, which is a uh, you know kind of a cowboy town out here in Western Colorado, and uh, they. Um, I played nothing but classic rock and 80s stuff, and it was one of the better nights I've had in a while. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny how that works, you know. It is funny. One of the the, the funnier moments I've had was at Newcastle playing at, um, I think it was still the Silver Horse at the time. Um, and I was playing some gorillas. But I was playing acoustic and, you know, had a little twang in my voice. And they had no idea what I was playing. <laughs> right. They loved it. And they were all dancing. They had and no idea why they, they were had, dancing. They had no idea why they were dancing. But, you know, it was good stuff. <laughs> so so when you sing, I, I always thought that you had a pretty uh, soulful voice. So um, where does that soul come from? Is that all part of the passion? Is that part of the drive, like, to get your voice out there and have people hear it? And Is that is that what's going on there? Well, I was born a poor black child in the heartland of Mississippi, homeland of the Mississippi Delta Blues. <laughs> so it's kind of tough coming from that, you know, moving up here to Colorado. <laughs> no, that just comes from down south, man. Like you grow up, you eat soul, you breathe soul, you know, you live and, and, and die soul. It's just in the air. You know, it's it's how it is if you ain't got sassy in your bones you just ain't gonna make it uh and when it comes to singing you gotta be a little louder than the next guy <laughs> so you you're heard oh you, know, you gotta be a little a little clearer than the next guy <clears throat> so it's everything is competition down there you know who's bigger who's stronger who's faster why football's so huge down there right and, yeah it is pretty yeah, big down there right? racing i guess because that's who's faster Right, who's got the bigger engine with more horses, right? There you go. There I got a go. I got a five thousand horsey vehicle here. But no, I, you know I grew up down there and going to New Orleans and stuff and hanging out over there and down to Florida, over to Georgia, Carolinas, and just getting a little taste of all of it and uh, you know it just it just kind of sticks with you. So you know I guess maybe I do have a little soul. Right on. Well, hey, you know what? I think it's time we uh, play one of your songs here for everyone. We should play a song. Yeah, I think we're gonna. Um, so this song, we uh, we recorded this in a warehouse with a bunch of really awesome equipment. Um, we tried out a bunch of different musicians. I'm on bass, and Brock is uh, the songwriter. Um, he's also singing and playing guitar, uh, acoustic guitar. Um, we've got uh, John Edwards on lead guitar, and... Uh, Carl Kuntz playing drums, and uh, I think it actually turned out pretty good. It's not really professionally mastered. It was professionally recorded, and I think it sounds really good. Feel free to call us in and let us know. Kill them with kindness and easily replace all the hate and wisdom and the 
Clouds, uh, I am. I am. Yeah. We already did that one. The Jitters. <laughs> yeah. So this one is the Jitters. There you go. We're talking about the pre-show the jitters. jitters. Jitters? Did you say jitters? Yeah, the jitters. jitters. You don't have jitters? No jitters. Yeah, you jitters. drink a lot jitters? of coffee, don't you? I drank a very strong coffee drink before I came in here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, you like jitters? What? (laughs) No, let's do this. (laughs) Oh, the jitters! Oh, the butterflies! So, so when you're uh, (laughs) when you're when you're playing, and you get ready for a show, what is it like? What what is that moment like right before you get going to the show? Do you get that that pre-show jitter, like that angsty, I'm ready to go, like ah? Do you get anxious at all, or what's it like? 
So I only really get that like the second I wake up on the day of a show. So it's the morning. From the entire time until I start. Like all day long. It's kind of jittery. And I feel like I should be doing something. I feel like I should be doing more. I feel like I should be practicing this, fixing that, working on that. So do you practice something? When you're when you're like in that mode, do you practice? I'm missing something. I forgot to practice. I need to practice more. <laughs> when in, you know, in all actuality, I've been practicing three days to get ready for the show. But, you know, right when it comes down to it is when you forget something. Or, you know, you completely space something or you just choke. And it can happen. What's that weird sound in here? Oh, that's my didgeridoo. Oh, is that a didgeridoo? Yeah, that, Did, that's didgeridoo? me playing the didgeridoo in the background Did, for you. Didgeridooing thing? Yeah, see, here here it is. Let me put it up for you so you guys can hear me playing the didgeridoo. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm I'm real deal, dude. Sounds like you're cutting your grass, but hey, you know. <laughs> but no, that's still a thing, and it's it's you you. Well, I personally, I have the jitters right up until I start playing. The whole drive up, the whole getting ready, the whole drive there, the whole setup everything right until I actually start playing and then I remember that I do know how to play and sing a little bit and then it comes out and I realize that it's not so bad but it's it's the same every time and I'll just you know I wonder if that ever goes away if it ever gets better and if the if it's still a thing for the pros and one question I have maybe somebody can call in and help with this I don't know 818532 Nine seven nine eight. As a professional singer on stage, what do you do when you get the hiccups? You just keep going, dude. There's uh, no going back. Yeah, well, it's never happened to me. <laughs> I've wondered. The show must go on, man. I've gotten hiccups that are quite debilitating, and I can't even talk to people without. And I wonder, like, you know, like... Slam a beer. Like Robert Plant, you know, he's just right in the middle of one of his crazy screens, and then he gets the hiccups. What does he do? It's like, is there a super quick remedy? I don't know. <laughs> what if you got to sneeze right in the middle of <laughs> your high note? Those are the kind of things I think about. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no jitters here. None, huh? Nope. None, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, I have to say being being live on the show right now is quite a bit different than what I've done on the rest of these shows. Like yeah. I've had like this angsty thing and right up until like I don't know, an hour and a half before the podcast, the internet service provider decided to to choke me out and I was only getting so much and I started freaking out. Do you run into problems like that before your show when you like are playing? Do you see that you got a problem and, oh, shit, like, I need strings and what do I do? Oh, man, I got, you get to stage and your battery's dead on your guitar. Like, do you have provisions? Do you prepare? I've had the entire uh, pickup and AC input fall out of my guitar mid-song. And I've had to rebuild it with a pocket knife I luckily had in my pocket. Luckily, I think you're always carrying that. <laughs> but, but I've had to fix my guitar. I've literally had my guitar pieces fall out on stage. No explanation. And have to find tiny, tiny screws in the midst of playing a song and acting like nothing's going wrong and put it back together. Uh, your strap falls off when you, when you least want it to or ever need it to. Uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like... Yeah. It's like that, right? Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> right in there. <laughs> Do you ever feel like that? Like somebody's just like trying to like make it so you can't get this show. Like there's like some guy named whatever that guy Murphy's name is, you know, and he's like running around. Is it like a garden gnome? <clears throat> I have garden gnomes, bro. Usually, to be honest, only when I involve other people. Because so when my gnomes come, you, they affect you? You bring your gnomes, yes. 
I don't have gnomes per se <laughs> because I don't carry anything. I have a guitar, and and that's usually it. Sometimes I have a very small amplifier and microphone set up, but I don't like carrying around a big pile of heavy gear just for that reason. And and it's heavy. I don't like heavy things. So the more gear you have, the more complications you're going to have. Like, I look at this setup right now. I'm sitting over here. I've got my guitar. I've got my music book. There's a microphone. And then you look over at what Mike's got, and it looks like Max Headroom. <laughs> crap on his deck. And that, you know, you're obviously going to have more gnomes over there. <laughs> There's a gnome, dude. He's running across the board. That sounds like an underpants gnome. <laughs> oh, man. Good times, good times. Oh, don't give me buttons to push because I'll push Happy them. to be here. We're here all week, folks. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if Keep you want to call way. in and ask a question, you're welcome to. It's 818-532-9798. You could also hit either of us on Facebook and we'll uh, answer your question. So so back to like uh the jitters, man. So after the show, what is it like, dude? Is there like uh is there something going through your head or do you criticize yourself or do you do you just is it done and you're just like time to move on? You know, what, what are the thoughts that are that going on there? After the show, it's usually good to talk to the people. Kind of fill out the crowd. See, you know, see what impact you've had. See which songs people liked. Did it move them any certain way? You know, they were dancing. They were not dancing. They hated the song. You know, they think you sucked. Feedback. You know, I always like to get feedback when I'm done. And and just kind of see if I've done a good job out there. and See how people like what I'm putting out there. Um, And then usually... If it's good. Now, I have had some times where, you know, people told me I should not quit my day job. <laughs> I should stick to this or that and not be doing what I'm doing because it ain't working. <laughs> and you just kind of have to take the bad with the good. And, you know, a little criticism never killed anybody. Um, <clears throat> but after the show, it's 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 mainly just a feeling of a, of a good job, you know, accomplished. And the fact that you reach out and touch people with music... Um, they, and then, you know, they'll, after the show, they'll come up and tell you, oh, this song reminded me of this or that, or this was my favorite song growing up. Or honestly, one of the coolest moments I ever had was playing down at Juicy Lucy's Steakhouse, uh, in Glenwood. And there's this old guy in the corner and he's a huge fella. Uh, him and his wife were eating, was playing a lunch show and I did, uh, all along the watchtower, which was Originally a Bob Dylan song, but Jimi Hendrix made it famous. Um, and when I got done, I was going to take a break. And the lady came over and she told me that her husband, who was over in the corner, had actually been at Woodstock and saw Jimi Hendrix play that song. And he was over there in tears because of the way I did it and the way I brought it across. In a totally different way with an acoustic guitar. And he was just blown away by it. And to see this guy, he was huge, he was giant. He looked like a, you know, a mountain of a man. And then up there on his little top, you know, top of his super fancy hat, you could see he had a little tiny tie-dyed headband. And there I knew I could see it. His freak flag was flying right on top. (laughs) (laughs) And and I I believe that he probably was there. And he did see Jimi Hendrix. And that moment right there was like, whoa, you know, that guy saw... That song probably performed the best it's ever been performed on the planet. And he dug the way I did it. You know, that that was better than all the money in the world. You know, that's pretty cool. So how do you respond to that? Uh, you just tell them thanks. And uh, what I usually tell them is I'm just trying not to suck. <laughs> right, right. I, I do know you, you say that quite a bit. We're trying not to suck around here. Yeah, and, you know, I'm trying not to suck either. That's... that's I had a dear friend of mine tell me that when I left Alabama, he said, "Hey, try not to suck." That and sounds that was like great idea. Words, 
That's the last thing he said to me as we parted was trying not to suck. <laughs> and I've been trying not to ever since. <laughs> uh, that is great. Yeah, really. Try not to suck. That's uh. Try not to suck and tighten up every chance you get. That was my dad's motto. Yeah, my... I never really understood it until I got a little older. It just means to do a little better every chance you get. To me, it seems like get your ass up and go to work and <laughs> my break a- the yard. My ex-wife's stepdad off. used to say, uh, don't be an idiot if you can help it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the vault. So for this segment right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to play a song for us. I want you to pull it out from the deepest, oldest songbook that you've got. I want it to be the most fucking original, like, this is my first song. I want to know that this is your first song. It's coming from The Vault. From The Vault. This song, this song is called Lucky. And, you know, it's funny, you you uh, open The Vault on this song. We were just speaking of things that the old folks used to say, and uh, this is this whole song is it, it evolved around one of the things my dad used to tell me. You know, as, as we we were kids growing up, we sometimes would get to stay up a little later than we probably should have been. We'd get to hang out in some situations that probably shouldn't. You know, shouldn't be kids around. And every now and then he'd look over and realize I was still hanging out. And he'd tell me, hey, look, we ain't mad at you. You're just lucky to be in on this. Which meant sit down, shut up, and don't be offended because nobody's paying attention to you. You're just lucky that you're here. And so this song is called Lucky. Hit you right as you sing along. 
Yeah, well, I hope I didn't ruin your song. I thought that was a killer moment to just, like, pick up and jam. I haven't jammed with you in a while. You know I love some horn. Right? I know you do. I like getting horny. So so right there, like, I was watching you jam, and I'm like, man, I I hear something there. I'm like, I need to play. So I I picked up the horn. I don't know if we've ever played that song. We never have. I've never heard that one. And that's your first song, huh? That's the very first one I wrote. So... So you said you were you were allowed to stay up late, oh, and and it was like one of those lucky moments, right? Yeah. So uh, so what was it like when you were a kid? Like it being was it strict? Was it were you like a, a latchkey or you know I was I was a little bit of a latchkey, but not really. My parents, my dad was around, but you know he was in the office working, so he really yeah. wasn't around. Um, I don't know. It was pretty wild. It was pretty wild growing up, Mobile, Alabama. Didn't you ride a horse to school uh, one day? Oh yeah, I rode my horse to school one time. Yeah, what not, was that not, like? Not that it was a, a normal thing to do, or it was not you know commonplace at all. Uh, <laughs> but it did happen. Uh, now growing up, growing up down south was wild. It was uh, you learn how to be an outlaw and you learn how to be good at it, and. That's what separated you from the rest of the world was, you know, how badass you were, how uh, how fast you were, how how you know, how good can you hunt, how good can you fish? It's it, everything is a competition, you know. And if if you know if you don't get to the table and and get what's yours, you might starve to death, you know, type situation. Uh, it's kind of rough, kind of rough coming up down there, but. There was a lot of freedom that came along with it. You know, you were able to do other things. You were able to stay out late, stay up late. You were able to go different places, you know. I did ride my horse to school in the second grade. We lived in the city. But, you know, to me, Bart Simpson was my hero. And he did what the hell he wanted to. And, you know, they dealt with it later. And it was usually funny. So, that's the kind of life I lived. I did what I... I thought was necessary to have a good time, and uh, I got in tons of trouble for it. (laughs) (laughs) Were you the kid in the principal's office all the time? I was always in the office. They was always calling home, and I was getting my butt tore up left and right. But you know that, like I said, there was a certain freedom to that lifestyle, and you you learn certain things that other people just don't. You know, and uh. Then you grow up and you realize <laughs> it's tough to be an outlaw and sometimes you just got to follow the rules. Um, but it's good to come from that kind of place. And uh, musically, I mean, outlaws have a lot of fun and they like their music. And growing up around my house, there was pretty much a band on the back porch every other weekend. You know, it was all about food, drinking and playing music. And we had some really, really talented people. You know, that song references a few of them. Pappy was an old man that would come and he would play the fiddle. And he literally would have to start his leg (laughs) and get it going. (laughs) And he'd start playing that fiddle until the strings would literally start smoking. And And there was dust flying everywhere. And he'd take a little break and he'd have a cigarette and cold beer. And he'd start back up until, you know, the strings burned off of that thing. Huh. And uh, my Uncle Randy, we call him Moses, and he, he'd always play that harmonica, and he'd play it sweet and soft and so low, where, you know, there'd be 50 people out there, and it'd be a hell of a party, but everybody would shut the hell up and just be quiet, man, and you'd think you were at a funeral, just listening to that sweet harmonica playing about 2.30, a.m., and, uh, man, it just don't get no better than that, and you grow up around that kind of stuff, and as a kid, it's just like whatever. You you go by and it's it's normal, you know? It's no big deal. 
And now looking back, you know, it was a huge deal. And if I'd have just paid a little bit of attention, I could have gone so much farther. I may have even actually learned how to play the guitar. So, you know, when I think about what people will ask you, you know, if there's one thing you can do if you go back, you know, the one thing I would do is I would make it so I didn't, st- I didn't start smoking cigarettes. I know now recently you quit smoking and I have attempted to start quitting and have been on a pro- digressive, like I'm going back to it situation. What what was your trick? What did you do? Did you, uh, did you just buck down and just say, I don't know. Fuck give, that? give me a cigarette and I'll show you how I quit. Hey. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you want one of my cigarettes? Yeah. Give me one. I'll show you. How yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm you not going to waste it. <laughs> I just kind of quit. I mean, I've quit worse things. Uh, um, it, to me, it was a willpower thing. It was a question of can I just do it? Can I kick nicotine? Um, because to me, it's just another drug. It's like caffeine, codeine, morphine, anything with an ean on the end. <laughs> you me, like the eans, huh? Know, it's a drug to me. And nicotine's had me for a long time. Long, long time. You know, I got my first taste when I was six years old. You know, by the time I was ten, I was carrying a pack and a lighter. And you couldn't <laughs> stop me. Um, so it's been a long love affair with nicotine. And honestly, it was much easier than I thought when I finally put my mind to it. Uh, I did the patch for one and a half days and then took it off and just decided I wasn't going to smoke. And uh, it's been kind of touch and go, you know. Me and the wife have almost killed each other because we both quit at the same time. That's not very smart. We almost killed each other a couple times, but it's a commitment we made, and, you know, it's uh, we're both looking at 40 now, so we've had a long career of smoking. We, we, we've we been professionals. We know how to do it. We've, <laughs> we've, we've risen You've gotten to, paid to uh, smoke, you know, huh? Yeah, we, we know how to smoke. We're pros. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, dude. No, but I'm going to tell you straight up, like I told you a while ago, uh, you asked me, you know, what's it like now to not smoke and how's it smell and stuff. And it literally smells like bacon cooking or or biscuits cooking. It's one of those deep down, just reach into your soul. Right, and grabs you. Yes, it does. It it really, really. I don't know if that'll ever change. You know, it almost smells as good as coffee. It is something else. But uh, I think something 47, 48 days now. And uh, don't plan on smoking anytime soon. So, Well, keep it up, man. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> pat, pat on the back for that one. Right. Well, this next song is a little bit more of a description of what it was like to grow up as a, uh, you know, as a kid. There's a there's a great sample that we started out with um from from a really awesome movie from back in the day. You'll know what it is. All right. Up with shit, talking straight out the air. I'm a cowboy from outer space, chilling in the depths with that look on my face. Like, we can handle this shit at high noon. Till then, I'll be coming back in my room, cause I'm an outlaw. The rugs in the blood, a bad attitude, and a whiskey jug. Like, Nobody wants to be the bad guy. 
So I was just telling Brock, you know, everything that it takes to make this happen. You know, there's it. He was saying earlier, if you looked over here, it it it's like crazy. I've got two computers both doing different things, two tablets doing different things, two different controllers, two different mixers. I got microphones everywhere. It's it takes a lot to to make this happen. So with that in mind, if you could add a freaking camera, we could see it. Well, you know, I did have a camera, but that wasn't working out for me. I'm not a video guy. I'm an audio guy. Just messing with you, bro. I wish I can get the video to go. Just fucking with you, bro. It takes a lot of work. (laughs) It's all a lot of work, man. You got to do work, though. Right? Well, I ain't got no job. As I said, you know, I recently quit my job. job. You know? I ain't got nothing to do. It's Friday night. Well, it's time to do a podcast. We got to direct this shit, put it together. That's it. You know, ain't nobody else gonna do it for you. So, so Brock, that's uh, that's not the one I was looking for. This one is. <laughs> so I want you, you to want me, to want me, and I need you. To need me. Yeah, that's it. You. That's it. So give me the word as spoken by Brock. Great gosh Almighty, that's the. Top of the mountain, I look down. What did I see? I seen a whole bunch of people looking at me. <laughs> That's what I saw. I'll tell you what I saw. I saw it all. So, when you're playing on a stage and you're looking out, what do you see? Depends on where you're at. Um, Played the belly up, and all I could see was the lights. Do you see anything in the lights? I do. I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) They hurt my eyes pretty bad. I couldn't tell how many people were out there until they started making noise. Yeah, and they all left about halfway through my set, and I thought they were still out there. (laughs) They weren't. I couldn't tell because the lights were in my eyes. Is that one of the most heartbreaking moments? <laughs> you have a full audience, you're on stage, and you start rocking, and then you look out halfway through, and it's like, oh, where they've come. You know, <sighs> it's one of the things you have to get used to uh, playing out live. You have to get used to not being the center of attention. You have to get used to not even being like on the side of people's attention. You're just the background you noise, right? just being background noise and people either like you or they don't notice you or they hate you it doesn't really matter fact is you're just background noise they're there to eat dinner they're there to see friends they're there to do other things usually you know this is playing out at bars and restaurants this is not playing big venues where people actually come to see the music um so a lot of times what I do is I look out and what I see is people and I see different people. I see young people, I see old people, uh, and I see people that want to hear different kinds of music. 
so it's hard to just play, you know, one set of things, one type of things, one, you know, I can play a few originals, I can play a few of these type songs, and go back to the 70s, I can do some blues type stuff, I can do some, some reggae type things. But you have to pick and choose who you're playing for. And by the end of it, you want to have reached out and done a little something for everybody that's there. Right. You know, and that's tough sometimes. So I like the scene in Almost Famous when the, when the, the enemy asks uh, the singer about performing, or no, the guitar player. And he says, you know what I do? I look out and I find that one person that isn't rocking and I make him rock, man. That's what I do. No, is that something you do? Do you find that person and go, okay, I, you're my next victim. I'm going to get you to dance. Um, sometimes. Sometimes you see a person and sometimes you know that they really want to have a good time, but they just, they're just not feeling it yet. And they want that perfect song, you know, that one song that they really like. And it's hard to find that sometimes. But sometimes you win. Sometimes, sometimes. You, sometimes you really win, and it's it's a really awesome feeling, and people people really they really notice that, and you know they uh, they're usually pretty happy to throw money at you when that happens. Right, you're kind of like a stripper, right? Good for me, kind of. You're kind of like a stripper. Kind of, only hotter. And you sell your soul instead of your body. You know, I've looked for the crossroads. Did you find them? Uh, I didn't find them. I found a 7-Eleven that had snack cakes. Oh, sounds I, delicious. I, I stopped there and ended up going back home and crashing. But uh, <laughs> if I'd have made it to the crossroads, I'd have probably sold my soul because who knows what those things are worth, you know? <laughs> right? Dude, there's not very many souls left out there, I don't think. I don't know who's buying them. Yeah, hey, text us or call us or contact <laughs> us or whatever. Let us call know us. if you've Sell gotten your rid soul. of your soul. Yeah, and if you have it, we'll buy it. We'll buy them. We'll uh, buy them. We'll, I'll give you a good uh, no, twenty-five I mean, cents per soul. Per, I don't know how much souls weigh. We can put, you know, we'll, we'll pay by the pound. We'll, yeah, that we'll sounds great. For clean souls, we don't want dirty bad souls. No, 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 no none of that bad juju, dude. We need clean souls. All right. So give us a call. Yeah, yeah. So you know, one eight hundred. Sell your soul. Sell your soul. One eight hundred. So this next song. There's more songs? Yeah, there's more songs, dude. Oh, geez. Yeah, there's there's lots more, dude. This next song here, this is a this is one of my favorites. This hands down is my favorite song of yours, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna preface it just with that, oh, it's okay? That one I don't like. Yeah, it's probably the one you hate the most. <laughs> Oh, 
Yeah. So uh, welcome back. Again, we're with my guest uh, Brock McLeod, and uh, I'm a portion of his voodoo orchestra. And uh, that there was the full voodoo orchestra at this point. So uh, thanks for checking us out. Uh, this has been a great time. Thanks for coming down, Brock. I really yeah, appreciate you coming. Time. Good stuff. Um, so you can check out the show on Blog Talk Radio, music from people I know. I'm also on iTunes, uh, Google Play, and Stitcher. There's a few other podcasts you can find me around. If you Google it, um, you know, you should be able to find me pretty easily. Uh, you know, so there's that. You can hit me up on Facebook, Michael A. Chapman on Facebook. There's Brock McLeod, too. You can find him on Facebook. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook. Yeah, Brock McLeod. That's a uh, that's very Scottish spelling, right? <laughs> B R O C K M C L E O D. Yeah. Not at all like it sounds. Not at all. <laughs> I thought it was L O U D when I first like this guy has the most rock star fucking name ever, Mick Loud. Loud. This Not motherfucker Mick quiet. is loud. Not Mick Chill. So I'm looking here on my uh, feed from 52 minutes ago, and uh, our uh, guitar player John hit us. John. A, yeah, he John Edwards. He asked. Uh, he asks when you're coming over. Oh, soon. 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 Yes. Jams. Okay. Yeah. So so that means we might be playing a show soon there. Yep. So hey John, Don't expect to hear from us soon. Don't be surprised. It's coming down the pipe. <laughs> well. Again, I really appreciate everybody for checking out the show, and you guys have a good one. Thanks for listening. Show your support by subscribing and sharing. Music from people I know.